Hey, Kev, let's let's follow this trail over here. This looks like there might be something waiting down there. All right. Hey, wait a minute. Do you hear that? Yeah, I thought it was just me. What the heck is that? I don't know what that is. Whoa, do you smell that, too? That's unbelievable. Hey, look. What the? Hey, look, those, those branches are moving over there. What the heck is that? Holy cow, is that what I think it is? Look at that thing. Oh my god. It's a freaking Sasquatch. Welcome to the Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters podcast. I'm your host, W.J. Sheehan. Hello, everyone, and thank you once again for joining us on what is going to be a spectacular podcast. My name is W.J. Sheehan, and I am the author of a series of books entitled Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters, all of which are available at Amazon in paperback, ebook, and Kindle format. And for you audiophiles out there, I have volumes two through six recorded for your listening pleasure on Audible, iTunes, and at Amazon. And as others become available, I certainly will be announcing them on this podcast. And so, without any further ado, may I introduce you to my brother and co-host, Kevin Sheehan. Kevin, how are you this morning? I'm good. How are you, Bill? Very is it, good. Is it snowing up there? No, boo. <laughs> no, no snow. Yeah, we have we have cold rain down here. I'll take cold rain. You know, I could dress <laughs> for that, but I don't care if I never start my snowblower unless it's just to make sure it still runs. <laughs> Very <laughs> well, good. Like, yeah. So I understand. You have some interesting uh, data for us today. We do. Uh-huh. This week we're going to talk about another creepy cryptid. Oh, we like creepy cryptids. I have a neighbor who's a creepy cryptid. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll give you a hint. <laughs> well, it's one or the other. <laughs> uh, now, well, now was that <laughs> uh, two things come to mind when you did that? It's either a uh, a sheep or maybe a goat. Yep, it's not a bird. It's not a plane. <laughs> it's Goat Man. <laughs> I love Goat Man. I mean, I wouldn't like to have him as my neighbor, but uh, no, you don't want you don't want that cryptid as a neighbor. <laughs> Especially some of the legends we're going to talk about today. All right, man. Let's uh, let's dig into it and see what we can uncover. Yeah. So you know, it appears that uh, there are sightings of Goatman in several different places around the U.S. Kind of like Goatman hotbeds of a sort. And today we're going to focus on uh, just a couple of those locations uh, that are both they're uh, different geographically, of course, but they're also different in in uh, the origin, alleged origin of Goatman, and even even uh, a little bit on what he looks like and how he behaves. Okay, sounds interesting. Hey, yes. do you what, uh, Kev? Did you ever watch any of those episodes of that show, Mountain uh, Mountain Monsters? No, I don't think I've seen that one. 
Yeah, they were. Uh, they did a few uh, shows going back a couple of two or three years, and uh, they were investigating a variety of legends. One of them was including uh, was uh, in fact uh, Goatman. Hmm. And I think the show was done a little, you know, tongue in cheek for entertainment purposes. But uh, I believe there was a uh, a sound backing to what they were looking for. You know, how they went about it and how the show fell out was another story entirely. But the fact was that there is and has been this legend of uh, of Goatman. Uh, and if you buy into it, people claim they see this thing. There are a lot of accounts of people that have seen it, and then uh, you know the origins of uh, of the two that two areas that we're going to cover today are pretty creepy as well. So they're kind of uh, a fun story that definitely lend themselves to television, I would imagine. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the first Goatman legend that we'll go through comes from the depths of the state of Maryland, here on the east coast of the United States. Wow. And this goat man. He is indeed half man and half goat, as the name suggests. All right. <laughs> and as reported, uh, some of these facts I got on the Penn State University Urban Legend website, uh, Goatman does exactly what you would expect him to do. I like the way they put this. This is why I quote him. Right? Okay. So, he kills teens, eats dogs, and screams like a shrill goat. <laughs> 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 what a combination platter, you know? Just a good way of, uh, you know, surmising the behavior of Goatman. Yeah, the figures it would come from a university. <laughs> <laughs> and here we go. And if if that's not enough, this version of Goatman up in Maryland swings and carries a huge axe. <laughs> oh, my God. The Paul Bunyan of Goatman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder what he uses the axe for. Exactly. So, you know, if the description's not terrifying enough, you know, you know what they say, what's worse than a demonic, hairy, half man, half goat? Well, how about one that's wielding an axe? <laughs> yeah, there you go. That, that's the icing on the cake, man. <laughs> so this part is great. So if we step back a minute and talk about the theory on where this legend comes from up in Maryland, so, Bill, I was I was reading about the this one this week, and it to me it reads just like a story out of the old Scooby Doo cartoons. Okay, <laughs> you know, like I don't know, Ruggy, <laughs> <laughs> joinks. <laughs> so, in this story, you know, picture watching Scooby <laughs> Scooby Doo here. Once a scientist who worked in the Beltsville Agricultural Research Center. He was working on experiments using goats, and one day the experiment backfired, and he was mutated into a half-goat creature, the Goat Man. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I told you, right? Isn't that right out of Scooby-Doo? It sure is. Now, this is the uh, legend? <laughs> that's that's the, uh, the best, uh, most popular legend around the origin of the Goat Man in Maryland. In Maryland. Yeah, the, now, the, I know, this is one of the areas we're going to talk about, and then we're going to go down south and talk about another one. Okay, now they the these legends change from state to state? Yeah, totally okay. different. Uh, okay, Creatures yeah. the same. Right. Um, or similar. Uh, the one in Maryland carries an axe. The other one we're going to talk about doesn't have an axe. Right, he carries an over and under 12 gauge. Exactly. <laughs> He's got a forty four Magnum <laughs> in a shoulder holster. 
<laughs> but this legend in Maryland, get this, it got so popular that it's reported that the U.S. Department of Agriculture had to publicly come forward and deny creating this creature accidentally. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so that's pretty, that's one of the origins of the Maryland goat man. Another tale is that he was a goat farmer who went crazy and killed tons of teenagers after he figured out that they killed his goats. Uh, and how did he become the goat man? Who knows? You yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He got he just switched morphed into, into it. it. Yeah, he just morphed into it. <laughs> um, so, so you know, while the story of how this goat man was created remains a mystery, you know, we've got a couple of different legends there. The story of what he does is the same across the board. And basically, he jumps out onto cars as they're either parked, kind of like at Lover's Lane type of things. And um, he he smashes on the roof and chops the tires with his axe so that they can't get away. And then he drags his victims into the forest. And, you know, you get the rest from there. Yeah. Yeah. They watch a movie together. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's a family show, but pretty, pretty creepy. And, that is uh, freaking creepy. You know, I mean, but I love uh, I love the origin of uh, the U.S. Department of Agriculture scientists. That's unbelievable, and the fact that they would have to like hold a uh, an interview to uh, <laughs> to tell the people, "Hey, nice story, but had nothing to do with us." Yeah. So now, you know, we got to have a shout out to our Maryland listeners or folks maybe that used to live in Maryland, and you know, write in and tell us about what you know of the Maryland Goat Man. Yeah, and absolutely. maybe if you worked at the USDA with the Goat Man, that would be cool too. <laughs> oh, oh boy i can't wait to see what comes through on this one all right so now we're going to go down to the great state of texas ah yeah. yeah where we know there's a lot of cryptids down there yes indeed and this um this discussion is around what's called the old alton bridge a-l-t-o-n and uh from the 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 website called Vintage News, they call it the Amer America's Creepiest Crossing with a Demonic Legend. Yeah, I know a little bit about this place, uh -huh. but uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, uh, bad activity around that bridge. There is, and, yeah. And here we go again with my mentioning the demonic. Uh, it said that some uh, satanic cults uh, commune or uh, have some type of involvement uh, in or around that bridge as well. That's my understanding. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, We're going to get into that. So this one is very creepy and definitely has uh, a feeling of some type of demonic, uh, you know, basis. And, you know, it kind of reminds you a little bit of some of the Dogman stories, you know, where, you know, could have been uh, conjured up from uh, the demonic realm. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. 
Okay, yeah. lay it on us, bro. All right. So this bridge is less than four miles from the town of Corinth in Denton County, Texas. And uh, there once there was a village called Alton, founded in 1848. So it wasn't exactly a big city. Um, and the only residence they say that existed in that town was a man named W.C. Baines. And he established a farm stand along the, along the uh, road there. Um, before the city was designated, before the area designated a new county seat. So basically, you know, the site of the town at that point, when they designated a different county seat, shifted over. And by the 1850s, it boasted a number of homes, a blacksmith shop, three stores, a school, a bar or saloon, a hotel, a couple of doctors, and a few lawyers. Wow. And in 1855, they built the Hickory Creek Baptist Church there. Hey, Kev, what was the guy's name? His name was uh, W.C. Baines. Oh, I thought you said W.J. Sheehan. I was going to say I never lived there. <laughs> a distant relative. <laughs> but then the county seat moved again, yet again, and it moved further away. And Alton, that's town of Alton, petered out again. So, it, you know, it... it Faded a little bit, came back a little bit, and then faded. But even though it was fading away, this town of Alton, you know, kind of like when a road moves by, they still built uh, a big iron bridge there in 1884 over the Hickory Creek. Um, you know, again, right there near near Alton. Right. And um, this is a 145-foot-long bridge. And it's it served uh, vehicles until 2001, and it was at that point it was replaced by a modern kind of concrete and steel bridge and a new road. And I'll post some pictures, and you can see how the old bridge was kind of bypassed with a uh, new bridge and a new road pretty close by to it. Okay, right. So, you know, this goat man here at the Alton Bridge, the first time someone reported, uh, you know, something strange over here was in 1938. So the bridge was built in the late 1800s, served until 2001, and, you know, the sighting started in 1938. Now, of course, in 1938, we're dealing with the old bridge structure. Oh, yeah. The, the original. Only, the only thing that's haunted is the old bridge. Right. And it's still open now, like not for vehicles, but you can go down there and walk across it and stuff okay. like that. Yep. And people do, apparently. Uh-huh. I haven't been there. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's going to be on my bucket list to check out. <laughs> I walked the bridge. <laughs> Although I'd like to see a Bigfoot. I don't really <laughs> want to see the goat man. <laughs> I can't blame you. No. Now, so uh, so according to Legends of America, many believe that the goat man haunts this old bridge and also the nearby woods around the bridge. And the tale goes that when travelers cross the bridge at night with their headlights off, so this is when it used to be open to vehicles, they'd meet the goat man on the other side. And, of course, people would do this intentionally, right? They wouldn't be driving across without their headlights on, but they wanted to meet the goat man for some crazy reason. And, of course, you know, these tales are, go back a ways because the bridge has been closed to vehicle traffic since 2001. Okay. And then get this. So, supposedly, numerous abandoned cars have been found near the old Dalton Bridge, and their owners have strangely gone missing. 
Wow. Now, this is legitimate. Do you believe there's some legitimacy to this uh, missing car thing? Well, or, let me or keep, empty let me, car? Let me keep going. There's a, there's a lot of different information out there when you start to research this that there's some bad stuff going on here. Uh-huh. Um, and then others report seeing a ghostly man herding goats over the bridge, while others say that they've seen, like, this apparition standing on the bridge staring at them, and that that apparition is holding a goat head under each arm. And some people report that they've seen the creature that resembles a half goat, half man, holding human heads under each arm. Wow. Yeah, so getting creepier and creepier, right? It is creepy. And I'll tell you right up front, uh, the goat's head or the goat image has been associated with uh, satanic activity uh as long as, you know, people have memory. Right. And like last week, we talked about the uh, gargantuan gliders and stuff like that, where like the imagery I've never seen before. Whereas when you see the goat man, you're like, oh, yeah, this is one creepy cat. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it's, it. It's uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, a historical image of creepiness. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen uh I've seen renderings of this thing, you know, according to what people say it looked like. And uh, this is just a big, nasty-looking sucker with those horns wrapping around the oh, head. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, I'll put some images of this creature up on uh, BigfootTerrorInTheWoods.com under the episode section uh, when we when we release this this particular podcast. So you can check it out. There's a lot of... A lot of creepy stuff there. So, so you know, the curious uh, come out and the stories, excuse me, have grown so persistent that, you know, there have been TV TV crews that have showed up there, they say, including uh, Ghost Adventures on the Travel Channel to, to, to look into this. And mm-hmm. when people come, they say they hear uh, horses like the hoofbeats on the bridge, mm-hmm. even though they can see that there's nothing on the bridge. And then they also hear splashing in the creek below and then maniacal laughter and inhuman-like growling coming from the surrounding woods. Yeah, yeah. So, See, now, here's the thing uh, that uh, I know. Yeah. Whether it has anything to do with Goatman or not, a lot of uh, demonic activity is fueled by the persistence of people seeking it out. Mm -hmm. So it starts by one group or persons saying that I was here and this happened. Yeah. And then Bill and Kevin decide, well, we're going to go check it out. So we go over there and we stir the bushes and whatnot. It's almost like pouring gasoline on a fire. The more people show up there, the more people start to conjure inadvertently the activity to continue to occur. Yep. And I don't doubt for a minute that uh, the maniacal laughter, the splashing in the water, could be a catfish, right? That's what somebody would say. Uh, The growling, this and that. It's all like gaining momentum, as people label the place and continue to gather there, seeking out this type of activity. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, that's like, you know, and I'll get into this a little bit further, but, that you know, no kidding. When I said earlier, like, I have no desire, like, I'm down in Texas a lot on business and, you know, I have no desire to go seek out this bridge in the middle of the night, you know. Yep. 
Yeah. Um, maybe if I had an M1 Abrams tank, one of those modern Gatling guns mounted on it, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> well, listen, you know, a lot of people get uh, get in trouble in this life by delving into things that they have no uh, right to do. I don't know if that's the right verbiage, but, you know, uh, a little biblical narrative. You know, the Apostle Paul said that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. Yeah, there, yeah. there is stuff out there that if you're not armed and ready and protected, you better not even think about laying your hands on it or walking into that place because you could pick up something there that you cannot shake off. Well, that's, you know, in one of the stories of the origin of this goat man that haunts the Alton Bridge in Texas um, is that the origin is from the fact that uh, Satan worshipers performed rituals on the bridge and that they actually opened up a gateway to another realm. When was this uh, supposedly happened? When did this happen? They don't say when it was, but this was written about in the Dallas Observer, which is the main newspaper down in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt there's some type of activity that was begun there that continues. It, like, imprints itself on an area. Uh, well, that's it. And see, the, getting to your, your initial point, the Dallas Observer in 2015 listed 10 stops to make on a creepy tour of Dallas. And uh, the old Alton Bridge was on that list. So, you know, then it draws more people out there, like you were saying. And then, then it also says that, you know, over time, it's gained a reputation as being a truly haunted place for as long as local residents can remember. And it's always been a spot where, like, kids would go and flock to on Halloween night in hopes of capturing a glimpse of uh, the actual ghost or the goat man. Right. So and and that fuels the point uh, that I was making that these entities, uh, these demonic entities and forces are just looking for an invitation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, if people start to go there and uh, drum it up on Halloween or any other night or certain groups or uh, start uh, chanting or doing drum circles or whatever they're doing over there. Uh, this this will create momentum. Yep. And yep. Uh, and that's what exactly what's going on here. Yeah, and here you go. You're you're being a great straight man for me today, Bill. Uh, so the local legend says that if you knock on the steel bridge three times at midnight. Uh, or perhaps honk your horn three times at midnight, then you dare a visitation from the vengeful goat man. And that visitation is preceded by the stench of decaying flesh. Wow. Yeah, and many reports tell of seeing unholy glowing eyes that burn red from the darkness, eerie glimpses of a large snarling goat-headed man-beast stomping in the wooded shadows. Jeez. Yeah. And then a, a, a maniacal image of this same goat man carrying heads of goats and or heads of humans in his hands. Interesting, too, however, right, Kev? Glowing red eyes again. Oh, yeah. And a little stench of decaying flesh, maybe the decaying flesh from the original automobile owners that left their cars. Ay, 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 ay. Yeah, you know... 
I don't, you know, I, I've told the listeners that I'm working on a couple of fictional accounts uh, in a series of books I, t- and I entitled The Exorcists. And each one has a different title under the heading of The Exorcists. Uh, I'm taking liberties in these books in that I know a fair amount about the demonic and exorcism. Uh, and these are fictional accounts, but based on truthful data, uh, if you buy into it, and I do, of uh, that uh, that data being that people can become diabolically possessed of the devil. Yep. And this red eye thing carries right back into a lot of these Bigfoot sightings where we're banging our heads against the wall wondering how these things have these luminescent red eyes, uh, which fuels uh, my theory that a lot of these things are not flesh and blood because many other sightings of Bigfoot are like amber-colored eyes. They don't glow uh, with, you know, black pupils. Uh, some people say they've seen amber eyes with a reflection, I guess like a deer or something else at night if a light hits it. Yep. Uh, but glowing red, that's that's like it just reeks of something evil. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. That's just very bizarre. And this thing, everything like comes full circle at some point in time, you know, these creepy... Maniacal laughter, the goat man in the woods, stench of flesh. <laughs> I mean, where the heck does the stench of rotting flesh just uh, appear out of nowhere in the air? Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, that's. I promised you a couple of creepy ones, uh, oh. although the one origin was a little funny. Scooby-Doo episode. Uh, yeah, definitely, yeah. we ended with the Alton Bridge, which definitely has a feeling of some type of demonic creature. Yeah, see now the one in the one in Maryland coming from the college kids, I think that was just a bizarre spin-off of them like goofing on uh, Well no, the- but that's not college kids. I mean that just you know, some of the information came from a website from the university on cryptids. But that that legend is you can find origins of that legend legend all over Maryland. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, no, that's I'm, not just one version. Like that's, Okay. Again, you know, the USDA had to come out and say that they didn't create this beast. <laughs> That's yeah. what they say, at least. Yeah. yeah, we have no missing employees on record. <laughs> We've checked. Yeah. Everybody's accounted for, at least uh, during the day. Yeah. Uh, WJ showed up for work at 7 a.m. and didn't punch the time clock at 5. And we did find a huge axe in the back of WJ's <laughs> car, but he did have a good explanation for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said he uses it when fishing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I love that stuff. Uh, and uh, to be continued, you know, I, I, I'm i sure we're going to go down this road a, a million times. Yeah. But there is definitely some strange stuff going on uh, globally. And I actually feel bad for some of the people that get involved in these types of things because, really, they have no idea the road they're going down and where it's taking them. And uh, it's frightening. You may you may end up at a destination where you'd wish you could get wheels and get back out of there. Yeah. But it's uh, it's creepy, man. 
It's good, 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 creepy stuff, boy. I'm not going to the old Alton Bridge. <laughs> you know, Kevin, it reminds me when a lot of young people are oh, uh, 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 in in the days of our youth, where people would dare you to do something, or you, you know, approaching a broken down house. Who's going to be the first one to sneak up on it? You know, have the nerve to do it, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of people get involved in this stuff inadvertently, trying to prove themselves to be the the toughest young buck in the in the herd, you know, or whatever. And they just carry it too far. Well, you know, I I was thinking about it when I was reading this. It's funny you bring it up. And I don't know if your generation, you know, not that we're different generations, but like if your uh, class in school would venture out at night to that old grave. Do you remember the legend of Mary's grave when we grew up? Up in the Seneca Woods? I, yeah, it was someplace up there. It was like, I don't even remember where it was, but I always remember like when we got bored at like, you know, one o'clock in the morning, we'd be like, oh, who wants to go see Mary's grave, you know? Yeah, yeah. And like nobody wanted to go. And then once in a while we'd go and it was creepy, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you notice too, uh, the drawing of people uh, is to go at night. Yep. Under the cover of darkness. You know, uh, uh, you know, and Kev, there's no doubt about it. Everybody out there, most of the people know out there, I'm a pretty devout Catholic guy. And, you know, scripturally, work in the light, for the darkness comes when no man can work. You know, there's something about hiding under the cover of darkness, right? Prostitution goes on, typically when the lights go down or when the sun sets. You know, shady drug deals on the corners typically happen under the cover of darkness so the dudes can dip in and out of the shadows, you know? And all of this stuff relates to darkness, you know, going to the grave, you know, you don't go there in the daytime. It's creepy at night. You follow what I'm getting oh, at? Oh, no doubt about it. You know. Yeah, so it's it's just the, the darkness. And then also, you know, the, the darkness just makes everything a little creepier, too, yeah. you know. So that's why, of course, you know, when we were young kids and we wanted to do something scary, it's much scarier at night. You know, yeah. like if you went to this Alton Bridge, again, I'm not going but, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, going in the daytime would be way more acceptable than going at midnight. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you're not going to go in there with a picnic basket at noon. No. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, you go in there at night and the level of intensity amps up. Oh, yeah. Right? It, just, it just gets going. You know, there's, there's something about the darkness. Uh and uh, you know, I was saying that months and months ago, uh, and I write this in uh, many of my writings, you know, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Yeah. So when you start digging into the dark side, well, I mean, you put two and two together. Uh, if you believe that, you're immediately entering into a realm where you probably shouldn't be. Yep. You know, so. Uh, Absolutely. Interesting. Well, that was fantastic, Kev. And uh, I have something here. When people say, where are the bodies? Uh, well, here's a case where there's another body of a Bigfoot 
where it came from and where it went after the fact is a very mysterious thing. But let me get into this here, and, and we'll have a little discussion as to uh, fact or fiction, uh, uh, true or not, and what we believe may or may not have happened here. This uh, following uh, evidentiary finding was brought to my attention by a guy named Jeffrey Wainwright, uh, who's a resident of Miami, Florida. But this is what Jeffrey had to say about what he says he saw. At the time of this event, I was employed by the sheriff's department of a Midwestern state. As far as telling you exactly where and when this happened, I'm not willing to do so. What had occurred that day in the late 70s was so bizarre that to this day, I would prefer to stay out of the picture altogether. A dense morning fog had engulfed the interstate during the morning rush hour, causing a major pileup that involved dozens of cars and trucks. The area of the accident covered hundreds of yards of the highway. I was one of the first units to make it to the scene. At the time, I had no idea just how many vehicles were involved in the crash. The numbers were growing by the minute until a sufficient number of units were dispatched, being placed at certain locations to stop the flow of traffic into the area. As I was standing outside of my squad car, I could only see about 40 feet away from me. There was screaming and shouting going on all around, and yet, uh, excuse me, there was screaming and shouting going on all around me from yet unseen persons who had evidently been injured. The extent of the destruction was staggering as I began to make my way through this maze of wrecked cars and injured people. At day's end, there would be multiple fatalities as well. First, I passed by one small car, whose occupants had been crushed to death. The car had collapsed around them like an accordion, being hit by a bus from the rear. I then walked up to a large box truck, which had hit a car. The box truck itself had been rear-ended by a semi-truck, rendering it on its side with the roof and one side of the box completely torn open. The driver, apparently having been ejected from the vehicle out of the passenger door, was pinned under the truck and injured severely. So this is a horrific accident. Yeah, one of those, looks like one of those multi-car chain reactions that we see too often in the news these days. Yes, and just uh, these trucks are just barreling into uh, other vehicles. So, now, here's the thing. Next to this truck, there were several crates strewn about next to the vehicle. He's talking about the box truck that was broken open. Uh, Strewn about next to the vehicle, which seemed to have been the truck's cargo. Many of them were broken open. I should also mention at this time that the box truck had government had a government plate on it. As I turned my head to see the various crates, I saw what I believed to be another victim of the crash, 
lying next to one of these containers. It was difficult to see at the time through the thickness of the fog. As I walked nearer to what I believed was another victim, my eyes became briefly fixated on the design of this container. It appeared to be aluminum and insulated, having been smashed open in the collision. This aluminum container that the body was lying nearest to was empty and was larger than the size of a typical coffin. What happened next haunts me to this very day. As I drew closer to what I thought was a human, I realized it was actually a Bigfoot. I could tell immediately this was not a mannequin or a toy of any kind. Using my handkerchief as a glove, I grabbed the arm and lifted it, feeling the substantial weight of it in doing so. The beast was obviously dead before the crash, its body having been thrown from the container and landing on the shoulder of the road. It wasn't emitting any odor, so I assumed that it was embalmed or something of the sort for preservation. As the morning progressed, many more units and emergency personnel of all sorts were showing up on the scene. I had the unfortunate task of telling my death sergeant that we also had a Bigfoot to take care of. You can't even begin to imagine what was said back and forth between the two of us after I breached the subject of a dead Bigfoot. A number of vehicles had shown up from the coroner's office to take care of the dead. It was a short time later when a large black van arrived at the scene accompanied by two black sedans. As these men exited their vehicles, all they wanted to know was where the Bigfoot was. By this time, the fog had fairly dissipated, and a number of people had seen the Bigfoot on the ground and were commenting on it. One of the men from the black sedan shouted out, Who found the Bigfoot? I heard him and walked right over. I told them that I had found it early on in the crash, and I walked them over to where it was lying. Three of the men immediately set up a perimeter, not allowing anyone else to come near. Soon after, they asked me to leave as well. The black van made its way over to where the Bigfoot was laying, and a group of men wearing hazmat-type suits struggled to get the beast into the van. When they were through, they closed and locked the doors, and the entire crew left the scene. Nothing else was ever said or heard about the event regarding this creature. But I can tell you emphatically that what I saw that day was a Bigfoot and nothing less. <laughs> what do you think of that, Kev? Yeah, you got some men in black coming out. You know, I got a black pickup truck. That doesn't make me one of those guys. <laughs> Does it? Well, <laughs> excuse me, it could be. <laughs> if you wore a black suit, white shirt, and a black tie, and a black fedora... And uh, you put on a pair of uh, ultra-dark black rim sunglasses. Well, you could be a man in black. But, you know, my license plate hold holder says Bigfoot. You know he's <laughs> out there. 
<laughs> I love it. I'm pretty sure theirs doesn't say that. Man, that's pretty creepy, man. And yeah. this guy's a lawman? Full retired. Yeah. I think he said he was with the sheriff's department. Right. Well, that qualifies as a lawman. Absolutely. You know, and, <laughs> you know, he says he showed up at a scene, and this is what he saw at this horrific oh, accident man. scene, oh. you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. You know, uh, if a Bigfoot got captured, uh, who knows what, what would be done with it? You know, if it was shot, experimentation, genetics, who... Who knows what people may be interested in learn certainly people would want to learn more about it if you had one right yeah i mean i I'm sure like if it was the government, they would want to do some testing on it and learn more about it. I mean, I hope they wouldn't hide it, you know, like I could see where with the stories of UFOs and things like that that folks you know, believe that the government would hide it you know just for fear of creating a panic you know if if folks, uh, if there was evidence of alien, the potential of aliens to come and visit us and things like that, right? Or even having to share it with other governments, right? Let's face it, we're all uh, uh, at some, in some way or another, at war with other countries, you know, or ready to be at war. We would may not want to share that information, but you know, finding a Bigfoot body, geez, I would hope they would make it a little more public. Yeah, well, you know, I heard. Uh results of one of these quote studies a while back and you wonder who does these studies is is there any legitimacy to the numbers but i had heard uh, quite some time ago that one of these polls showed that better than 50 percent of americans believed in ufos yep so who does this what's the sampling what grouping of individuals what's the age ethnicity blah 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 the claim was more than half the people believe that there is a UFO. I wonder if if uh, you did a similar survey, how many people would just say off the top of their head, not seeing one, uh, not knowing anybody who's seen one, would say they think that there's a possibility of the existence of a Bigfoot? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a good question. And uh, of course, just to be clear, the UFOs in these surveys, they really mean like alien flown you know crafts not just not just the definition of unidentified flying object right right a lot of the stuff we see that is truly unidentifiable it could be government vehicles you know well there's no jets new helicopters stuff like that new crafts that we don't even know about i mean just think just think about the uh f-117 that was revealed during uh the iraq war yeah. Can you can you imagine what that thing would have looked like flying at different angles in the sky if you happened to see oh, like, it from a how distance? About the, how about the B-2 bomber? I don't know if you've ever seen one up there. Yeah. But we see them all the time, and it's like, you see that thing. That is an alien spacecraft. Yeah, you know? yeah. Especially certain views of it. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, when it's coming towards you or off to the side of you, you really can't hear it. You yeah. Know? It's- and it's got that weird shape to it. Yeah, it looks like a disc with some type of uh, appendages on it. Exactly, exactly. Funky. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, But, hey, look, on and on we go. Then this is what we're about, folks. We're just digging deep into a lot of information here about a variety of different subjects. Uh, 
inclusive of Bigfoot uh, today, uh, digging into the uh, dog man and a little bit of the demonic and goat uh, man, goat man. Uh, sorry, uh, goat nah. man. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I need to hear that again, Kev. <laughs> oh my goodness! I've been practicing that for a couple of days. I, I mean, you've got it. You've got it. I got to give a shout out to my friend Nate down in Alabama. Hey, Nate, what do you think of my brother's goat? Uh, <laughs> Nate might know what a goat sounds like. I don't know. I never talked to him about yeah, it. I got a lot of goats around here in North Carolina. You know, some people get them for lawnmowers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They work excellent as a lawnmower. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And you yeah. never need to change a spark plug on them. No. No. <laughs> well, that's great, Kev. Now, what do we got today as far as our uh, listener mail goes? Yeah, we got some good listener mail from all over. Uh, And one of them is actually an account that uh, somebody wrote in about. So we're going to go through that, too. Okay. So the first note comes in from Stein in Norway. I think we had a letter from Norway last week, too. So Uh good old Stein. Stein. I think they might call it Sten in Norway, if I remember correctly. And this is pretty cool. So he says, he writes... We have great legends of trolls in our dense forests. Do you think there is any relationship between trolls and Bigfoot? And I love the show, and my children enjoy the show as well. Keep up the good work. Wow. So what do you think, Bill? Trolls. You know, of course, in Norway, I've been there a few times. Fortunately, their forests are unbelievably dense and silent. You know, so they have these great legends of these little trolls that come out, you know, of the trees and things like that. And I don't think they do any harm, but some of them are kind of creepy looking. Actually, all of them are kind of creepy looking when you see the the pictures of them, not not photographs, but the uh, images of them that people create and sketch and paint and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting you mentioned that because, you know, uh, you remember at Christmas time you were talking about St. Nick? Yep. And we went down that road of, uh, what, what was the character's name, like the Grinch guy? Oh, Gr- Grampus? Grampus, Grampus. Yeah. The masks that they make of this Grampus, why are all these things so damn evil looking? Oh, man. Well, Grampus is super evil, yeah. Yeah. And now the trolls, (laughs) the faces that are drawn on trolls, uh, typically the ones I've seen, are all kind of nasty-looking critters. Yeah. I I don't understand that whole nasty thing. And if, if there is, in fact, some type of little... Uh, creature being seen that started all of this. Uh, the question is, why are they all evil looking? Yeah, they're not happy looking, that's for sure. No, no, they don't have a smiling face and they're not, you know, jumping along to give a little child a flower. They look like they 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 would harm you if they had a chance to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll have, to, I, we'll have to look into it a little bit more. You know, I, I'll uh, I'll try to read a little bit about these trolls in Norway. Yeah, it's a bit of our heritage, anyway, Bill. You know, we got some of those some of that Norwegian roots. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> and uh, you know, as far as being related to Bigfoot, uh, there's no relation at all. I mean, uh, you know, see, I don't. I'm not one to muddy what it is we're doing, which is predominantly. Uh, chatting it up about Bigfoot. 
Uh, I stand firm in my belief that there's two sides of the Bigfoot, which you're going to hear from me a thousand times over. But I'm not going to say that Bigfoot is related to this and related to that. No, I, I don't. I don't want to come off here like a uh, an imbecile uh, <laughs> changing horses uh, continually as I go along. I have specific notions in my own mind and heart as to what Bigfoot is, and uh, there's no relationship to uh, Bigfoot and uh, Norwegian trolls. Yep. Yeah. Now, a Bigfoot might eat a Norwegian troll if you found one. <laughs> or maybe a few trolls, depending yeah, a on how, of trolls. how big they are. <laughs> All right. Well, Sten, thank you for the note that you sent in, and uh, I hope you're staying warm up there in the Norwegian forests. All right. Now we go over to the warm weather this time of the year. We got a note in from Hector in Rio de Janeiro. Wow. And uh, Hector writes, I love the tales of the Mapinguri in the Amazon. Huh. Can you please tell us a little bit more? And it's funny you say that, Hector. I uh, I was fascinated with uh, Mapinguri, and it was the first time I had ever heard of it when, uh, when I decided to cover it in Cryptids in the News and Other Oddities. And I have come across some pretty cool other materials out there and a couple of... Uh, couple of other uh, accounts of meeting the Mapinguri. So stay tuned. We'll cover that in a future episode. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Synchronicity. One person asks, and yep. uh, we're already moving in that direction. Exactly. Exactly. And that that Mapinguri thing was a creepy, you know, real. Talk about other oddities. Oh, man. With that, a single eye and uh, uh, two mouths, one of them in the center of its stomach. Like, whoa. Yeah, and, you know, just really, uh, you know, just makes you shake your head. I can understand people saying, no way, come on. But uh, I don't know, man. You know, it, who's to say? I mean, I haven't seen it. But some of these accounts sound like they're legitimate. But, you know, you. we don't know, Kev. We just don't know. Absolutely. All right. So the next letter comes in from David in California. Yeah. And David's letter, we've received a bunch of uh, emails, letters like this one. So we're finally going to talk about it, Bill. So David writes, hey, you guys, love the show. What's the difference with your accents? Were you separated at birth? Maybe one of you was raised by a Bigfoot. <laughs> yes, so David, we were. David, uh, unfortunately, neither one of us was raised by a Bigfoot that I know of. I know I wasn't raised by a Bigfoot. Bill's older than me, so perhaps he was raised by a Bigfoot, and he didn't tell me about it. You know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in fact... Um, we're both uh, born and raised in uh, New York, on, on, out on Long Island. And um, I, I, because of my career, ended up just moving away uh, many years ago and living in all different parts around uh, the U.S., you know, in the Pacific Northwest, which I love, um, and uh, also in uh, Arizona, spent some time down there, and now have spent a lot of time in uh, North Carolina. So 
I, you may occasionally hear me slip once in a while and say y'all or, <laughs> or even the plural version of y'all, which is all y'all. <laughs> all, all y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the logic behind it. But good question. And we probably, in fairness, we've had about 10 people write in and ask us that. So. Yeah, and I was raised by a Bigfoot. What do you think <laughs> you know about now, we, now we know the rest of the story, <laughs> as Paul Harvey used to say. All right, Bill, we got one more here, and this one's a little longer, but it's pretty cool. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say the gentleman's name. He asked me, he asked us not to, but it's a North Carolina Bigfoot story. So okay. y'all down here in North Carolina, you're going to like this one. And And he writes... I love the show, guys. I think that I'm finally all caught up. Below is a story that happened to my brother-in-law. We'll call him Christopher. So he writes, this happened outside of Hickory, North Carolina. So kind of west of uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, where I am. And he said he and some friends were hanging out on some forestry property back in 1980 and 1981. They were way out in the woods. They were on a dirt road that was alongside a field with woods on the other side. It was about dusk, but still with some daylight. They heard something walking through the woods toward them across the field. It grew louder and louder. <coughs> Excuse me. Then suddenly this huge black mass comes walking out and stopped at the edge of the field. They were trying to make out what it was. It then suddenly stood up on two legs but not like a bear. He said this thing was cut like a gorilla, but with longer legs, V-shaped torso, and huge arms. It suddenly recognized they were there and let out this bellow like an ape would do if someone was in its territory. The sound moved the air around them. It was so powerful. It then suddenly began beelining straight towards them from about 40 yards away. They scrambled to get in their car, Everyone was screaming. My brother-in-law, Christopher, said it was like a horror movie. He was struggling, fumbling to get the keys in the ignition. At, <clears throat> excuse me. At about this point, they felt the entire trunk of the car being pushed up and down. He felt like they were all going to be killed. Wow. He finally got the keys in the ignition and slammed both feet on the floor in hopes that he hit the right pedal. Wow. <laughs> He remembered looking in the rearview mirror and seeing nothing <coughs> but a massive hairy torso shining in the brake lights. As it was pushing the vehicle up and down, he slammed the pedal and they spun out of there, all still screaming. He looked again in the rearview and saw it blocking its face as the dirt was spinning from the tires. He said this thing was at least eight or nine feet tall. He said it scared him so badly that he couldn't talk about it for a long time. And his friends never talked about it either. And he said, and this is, you know, this is the end and very interesting. He's, his quote was, I know what it wasn't and I have no idea what it was. Wow. So, yeah, I, you know, Christopher's basically staying, saying it wasn't a bear. Yeah. Again, back to the dancing bear running around in the woods. Exactly. Exactly. Right. You know, this is not the first time that uh, story's been told of uh, a charge and uh, people being roughed up in a vehicle, whether it's a truck, a car. Uh, when these things don't want you around, uh, they're going to make it known. 
No doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, great account too, and and great to hear this uh, Hickory, uh, North Carolina story close close to home here for me. And yeah. uh, thanks for sending it in. I'm sure Bill's going to reach out to you and get a little bit more from you as well. But this one was so cool, Bill. I figured let's let's read it out in the in the viewer mail section. Listen yeah, mail section. Sorry. Absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And on and on we go with the uh, the fantastic nature of our listeners chiming in with us and things they have to say. You know, no doubt, no doubt. So, so that's it for the mail. Um, I I just want to uh, thank everybody. We've been getting some great reviews, like I've been asking you for. So thank you for that. So please open up your favorite podcast player as you're listening here. And give us five stars. It's really important. You may not realize it, but it brings more listeners to the podcast. You know, there's a lot of choices out there, and we certainly appreciate you folks picking us as one of your sources for information and entertainment. Please give us five stars, and uh, you'll draw more listeners to us and allow us to improve the quality of the podcast over time. So thank you very much. Awesome. Awesome job, Kev. And my dear listeners... As we part company for what is the end of yet another podcast, please remember, always carry more gun than you think you're going to need. Sleep tight.